Hi, everyone. It's Roberta. Welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. Thanks for joining us today. I am really excited to speak with our guest today, Eric Battle. Welcome, Eric. Good morning. How are, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am well. Good. Thanks for being here. Let me introduce you to everyone. Eric Battle is an artist, illustrator, curator, and art director who has worked on comics, novels, children's books, and fashion illustration, among other things. I'm speaking with Eric today because I want to hear more about his recent book project, BLAM, that's B-L-A-M exclamation mark, all capital letters, Black Lives Always Mattered. And first I want to say yes, 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 period. (laughs) So congratulations on this book. It's a marvelous graphic novel about 14 important Philadelphia African-Americans of the 20th century. And Eric, you're the art director and also one of the artists that illustrated some of the stories. So let's get started with the questions because there's a lot to talk about here. All right. Blam is beautiful. It's a totally beautiful, gorgeous, colorful, bold book, 164 pages, large, overscale book uh, with a hardcover, very smart design. And it seems to be, when I was looking at it, part encyclopedia of the 14 individuals and part graphic storytelling. Mm -hmm. And they go together, which I want to talk about. That's a really interesting way to sort of design a book. But most of all, it's a book about heroes, right? Yes, absolutely. And some are pretty well known and some are less well known. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, you know, Mm -hmm. I am sorry, I, I know what I know, but it was wonderful to have my eyes opened by this book. So can you begin by telling us a little bit about the 14 individuals in the book? Yes. Well, the the goal of the book is to inform people in an engaging manner about individuals that they may or may not have known about prior to reading the book. And in terms of the format of the book, you know, I wanted it to be more than a graphic novel and more than a textbook, because the goal of the book primarily is to go out to schools, Philadelphia schools like grade schools and high schools, we needed the book to be sturdy because it's going to be handled by students. But yeah, that, that was the, the, the primary goal of the construction and the design of the book. But the 14 individuals that, that are being profiled in the book, again, there are, there are some more well-known individuals like W.E.B. Du Bois, Marian Anderson, Cecil B. Moore, individuals like that. And then You've got Alan Locke, uh, Frederick Messiah, Crystal Bird Fawcett, Dr. Ruth Hare, Reverend Leon Sullivan. So again, you know, it's you know, wanted to wanting to present the information in an entertaining manner, something that that people will will get easily engaged with, especially for students, being able to like match the information with compelling visuals that always helps draw people in and receive the information well. Yeah, I thought that was, that's a great introduction to the book. And thank you for explaining all that. I think you're emphasizing that you wanted it to be more than a graphic novel and not quite a textbook is a perfect marriage of what you, you wanted. It, it, 
worked out well. I wanted to talk to you about how you split the information. We should explain each person's section involves a large spread of six to eight pages of graphic design, mm -hmm. novelization, and then preceded by two, a two-page spread of what I thought was more textbook-like or encyclopedic. So just photographs of the person with mm -hmm. birth date, death date, that sort of thing, and what their accomplishments were. Yeah. It was interesting to me what was in those two-page textual spreads and what was not, and mm -hmm. what showed up in the graphic novelization. So was there like a planned way to divide the text and figure out yes. what went where? Yes. Uh, so all of the information was compiled by Dr. Diane Turner and Aslaku Burhenu. They're the, the archivists and the... Um, Oh my goodness, I'm blanking. Um, the, the historians <laughs> over at Temple University's Charles L. Bloxon Library. So they, they compiled all of the information and they decided, they put the list together of who was going to be profiled and what information was going to be in the, uh, I guess, like text pages and what information was going to go into the sequential art pages. And again, you know, since we had limited page counts for each individual you know we weren't we weren't looking to tell everyone's complete life story so we just had to basically pick out certain aspects of their careers and experiences that primarily led to them being known as the dynamic individuals that they were so you know just kind of like highlighting specific elements of their life's experiences so I guess we should talk about where the source material came from. Yes. Yes. So Dr. Turner, she's the, she's the head historian over at Temple's Bloxon Library. So like I said, she compiled uh, all of the information. So like the, the Bloxon Library, you know, they're, they're like a repository for, you know, African-American, you know, literature, culture, arts, you know, everything. So putting together the list of people, you know, again, we only covered 14 people in this particular volume. Like whittling the list down to just 14 was, was, was pretty tough. But, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were covering a large, at least as large a span as we could of politics, arts and culture, activism, things like that. Dr. Turner and, and Aslaku, they, again, they decided on who, who would be profiled in this particular volume. So hopefully this will be the first of many more because, again, there are so many people that we, we could cover and we can cover going forward. So, Is this breaking news? Are you breaking news here that there may be a follow-up book? Well, that's, to me, that's the hope, you know, because I think, I think when, you know, when people see this, again, this is, this is just a, a start. So. My hope is that when we get it to as, you know, as many people as possible, that people will want more. And I hope that this will be the, the first of many more. I hope so, too, frankly. <laughs> Let's get to talk about the illustrators, because yes. this is an arts blog, right? And we love art. And 
graphic novelizations are just one of my sweet spots when I talk about art. So who were the some of the illustrators and where did they come from? Are they all Philadelphia artists and illustrators? And are they in your network? Did you reach out? Was there an open call? What happened? So most of the illustrators I've known and admired and had, you know, the pleasure of either working with prior to this, or, you know, we've been friends for years. Most of them are from Philadelphia or, or have a, a connection to Philadelphia. The only two that aren't here in Philadelphia, well, there, there are three who aren't from Philadelphia. Uh, that's Micheline Hess. She's in New York. And Will Rosado, he's also in New York. But both of them, I've known them for years and I've always admired their work and their work ethic. Primarily, most of the illustrators, again, I had worked with prior to this on another graphic novel that I did for the um, Philadelphia Jazz Project. So from that project, I reached out to a handful of those artists, Akeen Shave Brown, Niall Livingston, Nancy DeVard, Mike Leak, and Jamar Nicholas. They are all here in Philadelphia. So all of the artists that were selected for this particular project, I knew that I could count on just in, ter just in terms of like being professional and meeting deadlines. But again, primarily it's like, I love their work. And this project gave me the opportunity to connect with, with fellow artists. And again, you know, just being able to collaborate with them and seeing, seeing the kind of creations that they've, they've come up with to tell these stories was, you know, just, just essential to me. And because everyone has a specific, their own individual style, it, it gave each profile its own look. And that's, that was another goal of, of the book and giving each individual who is, who's being profiled their own visual voice. So that was, that was part of the, uh, the goal also. That's great. So, yeah, one of my questions is the color changes from story to story. There are some that are black and white, some mm -hmm. that are full color and Niall Livingston pastel this i surprising pastel color yes. palette yes so did they get to select and also the number of pages did that get worked out sort of back and forth between you and them and the material or how did that work i i just am curious here yes so again like the page counts for each each profiles those were those were like really kind of outlined by the information that we received from dr turner we had about like six to eight pages per profile. So in terms of how each artist went about their work, again, they're all professionals. I'm not the kind of person who wants to like dictate everything about what they're doing. Because again, I trust them. And I told them, it's like, do what you do. You know, in terms of like Niall Livingston and Nancy DeVard, I think this may have been their first forays into sequential artwork, like comic book type storytelling. And that excited me, just the idea that Nancy DeVart, I've known her over the years. She primarily does like children's books and greeting cards. But before she and I got started on this, just me envisioning what she could do 
with sequential art, I was just like, okay, I've got to have her. And I specifically wanted her to do Marian Anderson's mm-hmm. profile because I just knew that she would give it all of the glow and majesty that Marian Anderson deserves. And, you know, it's like every panel and page that she turned in is just a work of art. So when all of the art was coming in from each artist, it was no matter what else was happening around me, when the artwork was coming in, it just like really just excited me all the more just for this project. And honestly, like everything, everything couldn't have worked out any better than it has. Like the work that Niall's done, like because she's not, she wasn't familiar or she wasn't constrained by the, I guess, the typical comic book style of working. Like her, the ways that she used color blocks to, to move the reader's eyes around her pages, to me, that's just brilliant stuff. So again, and, you know, just having the mix and variety of, of styles again, it just, it just really could not have worked out any, any better than it, than it has. That's so great to hear. I really was struck by Niall's pages because unlike the traditional, like you said, mm-hmm. they didn't have much experience with the traditional comics making. There were no boxed off right. things, things mm-hmm. flowed. Mm-hmm. There was a really direct free flow. And then there was one page that was a compelling just a full figure yeah. with little words around, yes. kind yes. of almost like those radiating lines, except yeah. that it was words mm-hmm. around the figure of Leon Sullivan, it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. So truly eye-opening in terms of yeah. graphic display. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, so like with, with artist Dwayne Turner, now I've known him for years and... To me, he's he's like he's a hero of mine. So to have him working, you know, have have him like create original artwork for this book was just to me that was like, you know, that was a win right there, because he's he's worked in comic books for years, and before I knew him, I knew of his work. So, you know, reaching out, you know, when I reached out to him to ask him if he if he'd want to, to do this. Cause he had, he had left comic books a couple a good number of years ago and he's been doing storyboards for movies. So he, he did, he recently did the storyboards for the new Spider-Man movie that's out no Spider-Man, kidding. no, no way home. And so he's, you know, he's, he's been in California and Hollywood, you know, doing just like fantastic things, but I was so honored that he, that he agreed to, you know, contribute artwork to this particular project. Um, so, and you know, the, we've got a we've got a vast variety of of like veterans in the industry and uh, a couple of newcomers, you know, younger artists in the book. Uh, we've got Dylan Kaleo and Damali Beatty. So they're they're probably the youngest artists on the book. And Dylan, I, she and I had worked. She did a, uh, a, some artwork for me on the Philadelphia Jazz Project book also. So, and again, I, you know, I just love her. I love her style. I love her work. And again, her work ethic. Damali Beatty, I've known her. I've, actually, I've known her 
I've known her since she was a baby. And because her, <laughs> her father, her parents, and I have, you know, we've known each other for years. But she, and she had recently graduated from University of the Arts. And her senior project, she had created, she had written and drawn and produced her own graphic novel. So I was like, hey, you know, she's, she's got what it takes to, to do this. That's terrific. Yes. That's great. That's the next generation, right? You want Absolutely. to get them when they're young and, and work with them. That's yes. really great. Great, great, great. Let's talk about distribution of the book. I know you said elementary schools, secondary schools. Mm -hmm. Are there any copies of this book envisioned for the general public or are they outside the mission of who this book is for? Well, so the primary mission at first was to for the books to be distributed again throughout like grade schools and high schools. So a bulk of the books are going going out to school. So we I think we we had about 7,000 printed. So about 5,000 of those books are going out to schools. We are going to make some number of books available to the public. So, you know, because it was a grant funded project through Pew, you know, we, we're still like work, trying to work out some of those logistics, but I'm working on some other opportunities to, to get a printing done that we can have go out to the, the general public and, you know, hopefully have on like, you know, Amazon and those sorts of things. Just, just again, just make it more widely available because again, like right now, it's, you know, primarily getting them to the schools, but the, the type of book that it is like, because it's a, a graphic novel, you know, comic book enthusiasts will want copies, historians and, you know, just book lovers will want it. Also, other educators would love it. So, you know, we're hoping to get them, get them into like museums, other cultural uh, institutions and things like that. So fingers crossed that that'll all work out. So, yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. I think there's going to be a very wide adult audience for this as yes. well as your students. I think the students are going to be blown away. Are they in the hands of the students yet? Were they distributed yet? And have you gotten feedback? No, they haven't been distributed yet because we got them, we got them in later than we thought, but I think probably like going into the new year, I, you know, I know the, the list of schools, I know that's all been compiled and everything. And I think at this point it's, it's basically in the hands of the school district to like disseminate the, you know, distribute the books out to the, the selected schools. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what the feedback is. Totally. Um, and, you know, my thing is like, if I were a student and I saw this book, I, I, you know, I, I hope each school has a way to, I don't know if they're going to like let students check them out or borrow them or, but I hope they have a way to, to get them back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because again, it's it's such a it's such a unique looking book, you know. I, again, I'm 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 very very excited to see you know how how people react to it and uh, you know what what feedback is from it. Well, I hope it is distributed with a big fanfare, <laughs> which it deserves. You know, like you. with panels with you and 
Dr. Turner and everybody else speaking at the schools about the project. Yes. I think that might be very exciting for the students to hear how yes. it came to life and then to actually see the book. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know Dr. Turner has a, she's got a plan of holding like events at schools and things like that. So again, you know, with, with everything that's going on, I, you know, I, I hope that, you know, all comes to, comes to be so. Me too. Well, uh, to be continued in 2022, yes. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about how you became involved in graphic novels. How did you become a sort of comics maker, a graphic artist? Well, it really all started when, like, when I was a kid, you know, I can see it in my head, like as clear as day is like going to the, one of the corner stores with my mother one day. And there was a, a comics rack. It was, it's called a spinner rack in the store. And, you know, I remember running over to it and, you know, like looking at all the, the comic books that were on the rack and just, just really being mesmerized by the, by the images that I saw, you know, the colors, the, the, the costumes, the dynamics that were that were drawn on the page and so yeah that's that's really where it started and you know my mother she bought me a couple of comic books and I just became just like really obsessed with it all you know just starting to uh you know first starting to try to copy the the images that I saw but I got bored with that pretty quickly and I was like okay well you know just trying to like dissect how how these things were made so, you know, it's like I wanted to, I started to try to, you know, make up my own characters, figuring out how to make the, how to make my drawings, the figures look as dynamic as the, the figures that I saw on the page. So then, you know, my mother, she noticed that I was pretty, uh, I guess, focused on drawing. So, you know, she enrolled me in a couple of classes with different organizations around the city. and you know, she really, she just really helped foster my, my enthusiasm for artwork. So like, to me, like a blank, you know, piece of paper was, that was everything, you know, so just really went from there. I went to Overbrook High School. I was part of their uh, art magnet program there. And then from, from Overbrook, I went to University of the Arts. It was still Philadelphia College of Art when I first got there. And then I think during my last year there, they switched over to university status. When I got to college, I, I figured I wanted to, I kind of wanted to step away from comic books because I was like, oh, I wanted to paint. I envisioned like painting covers for like National Geographic and, you know, a lot of the other magazines that were still using a lot of illustration. But in the course of being in college, seeing that comic books, to, to do comic books, you really have to know how to draw it any and everything. And honestly, it kind of gave me a, an advantage in terms of like being able to just put all kinds of scenarios together on, on a page. So I was like, I can incorporate graphic design. I can incorporate fashion design. I can incorporate, you know, architecture all in one medium. So I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to stick with this. <laughs> and um, after graduating, you know, it was just about putting together my portfolio and wanting to, well, needing to put together a 
different types of portfolios because I still wanted to do like other types of illustration, like advertising illustration and, and fashion design and things like that. You know, I, I had done some children's book stuff where, you know, again, I was painting and doing other types of illustrations, but I guess I was, was still gravitating towards comic book artwork. And with that, I remember like going to different like conventions, just showing the editors, you know, what I, what I could do in terms of like sequential artwork and things like that. And, you know, I've worked with Marvel, I've worked with DC Comics and most of the major comic book publishers. But within the past couple of years, past number of years, I've been able to kind of carve out work for myself working with like respected authors. I've worked with Nnedi Okorafor, who's, you know, multi-award winning science fiction and fantasy author, Philadelphia native, LA Bank. She, uh, she passed in 2011, but she, she was writing a Vampire Hunters novel series. And I met her at a book event that was at the Franklin Institute. And I approached her about putting visuals to her work and that just, you know, that relationship just like sparked from there. And it, you know, we were just able to like really create some, some wonderful work together. You know, it's like, thankfully, I've been able to kind of like navigate where, where I've been able to, to take my work and at this point kind of carve out an area for myself where I can do work that speaks to me and that I, you know, that I can that I have more, I guess, control over, you know? And, it, and it's nice to be able to, like, have a choice in, in the type of work that, that you can do. Absolutely. You know, one thing they don't really teach you in art school, but you are a demonstration of how this can work for artists, is you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Artists are basically small business owners, they are entrepreneurs and they're constantly hustling and seeing opportunities where maybe others would not see opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I just love the way you told your story here about approaching people like LA Bank about Mm -hmm. their Vampire Huntress series and visualizing it. I, that's just brilliant. That's what artists do. It's, it's a really great example. We're going to have to wrap it up here, Eric. I'm so sorry. I feel like we could go on for another half an hour here, but this has been a fabulous discussion of BLAM. And is there anything you want to mention before we sign off? Well, again, I, you know, I just, I just really hope that people receive the book well. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing, you know, to like, hopefully guiding the way we can get the book into as many hands as possible in, in this upcoming uh, new year. Excellent. And again, you know, I, I want to thank, thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure being able to get a copy to you. And again, again, just thank you. Thank you. And we should do a shout out to Betty Leecraft. Yes. Who, you know, <laughs> has been a mentor to you is yes. one of my dear friends. And it was through Betty that I met you at Richard Watson's yes. show at the African-American Museum. Yes. And you generously gave me one of the last copies of the book that you had. 
<laughs> I was so blown away by your generosity. So thank you. Thank you so much. And You're thanks for welcome. speaking with me. And everyone, I'm signing off now. I've been speaking with Eric Battle. Eric, thank you so very much for making the book Blam be such a beautiful, gorgeous book as art director and illustrator of some of the stories. And I look forward to seeing more work by you in the future. Again, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care now.